You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. And make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Rita. Anybody here tonight love Jesus? I think we have a lot of people here that love Jesus tonight. Okay, um, usually I like to start off with something a little funny. Uh, New jokes are hard to come by. I know a thousand old jokes, but you've heard them all. So uh, I'm going to just share a couple comments. How many of you know Terry Bell that sits right over there sometimes on Sunday morning? You know Terry? Well, he did some comedy the other night, and one character that he played was Skeeter, country singer. Okay, he has a new album out, he said. The name of the new album is Love is Blind, but Marriage is an Eye-Opener. And one line he said, now he talked a little hickey-fied because he was from the sticks, so I'm going to talk a little hickey-fied and give you a couple of his lines tonight. He said, you know, the other day my wife said, I've been a-missing you. I've been a-missing you. Now that sounds real good, but all the time she said, I've been a-missing you, she was reloading. <laughs> Another one, he said, speaking of my wife, she just shot me a text, just a minute. Says, I'm thinking of you. Wish you were here. I know exactly where that woman's at. She's in the graveyard. <laughs> she, he had a lot of funny lines, but it's good to laugh, and uh, I'll learn some new jokes for next time. How many of you enjoyed the Pastor Wright this morning? How many of you got something out of his message this morning? Well, I gave media my notes a couple days ago, and my notes are going to pick up right where he left off this morning. So tonight, I want you to look at your neighbor and say it with some sincerity, this is my night. Look at your other neighbor and say, is this your night? Okay, how many of you think this could be your night? Okay, now before we get into it, I'm going to ask Mary, Bob, if she would stand. I can't do this on my own. I don't want to try doing it on my own. I'm here tonight to lift up Jesus Christ. Some of you, I want to ask you to tell your age, how many of you here have ever watched at one time the Dukes of Hazard? Okay, well, I'm going to let the Dukes of Hazard give you my sermon title tonight. Just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw, been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Straightening the curve. In the hills Someday the mountain might get them But the law never will The title of my message tonight is In Hot Pursuit I'm just like Roscoe P. Coltrane In Hot Pursuit tonight How many of you know that you will rarely possess What you do not pursue? 
So tonight, I'm going to ask you if you need a miracle, just like I, I think the Lord is trying to get a strong message. I'm not trying to copycat. Like I said, media had my notes for a couple days. I'm piggybacking what Pastor Wright said this morning. Sometimes if you want a miracle, you can't just pray once and quit. You got to be like Oscar P. Coltrane, and you got to get in hot pursuit. And we got to pursue our miracle. I'm going to read to you tonight from Matthew chapter 15. I'm going to begin with verse 21 down to and including verse 28. This account is also in Mark 7, but I'm reading from Matthew 15. It says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And he answered her, Not a word. His disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I, and she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very safe, self-same hour. I say tonight, I want you to picture this. Here is a woman. She is not a Jew. And she is chasing our Jewish Jesus. And she's chasing him because she's got a need back home. And it's an urgent need. She has lived with this need for several years. She gets up with the need. She goes to bed with the need. She has the need all day long. Her daughter, she said, is vexed with the devil, demon-possessed. Have you ever been around or seen somebody that was demon-possessed? I don't like to be around. I've seen it a time or two, and I don't like to be around anybody that's demon-possessed. It's a feeling like you've never known. This woman lived with that. She had heard about Jesus, and so she was diddy-bopping down the road. She was in hot pursuit after Jesus. She said, I have heard what he can do, and if I can just get his attention. So she's following after this Jesus. She's a, an irritant. To the disciples. The disciples keep looking back at her and say, she's following us. And she's trying to get the master's attention. And it says she finally got Jesus' attention. And she began to talk to him and said, please do something with me. My little daughter is vexed with the devil. And, and it says, and Jesus answered her, not a word. And I thought as I was preparing this message, how is it? Here is Jesus. He is the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. One Bible says, and the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. I like that. And so here is this, and the word turned around and looked at her, but he did not respond. In my notes I got, and the word had no word. Can you imagine that? Here's the word. He was silent. Silent. 
And have you ever felt like, be honest with me, have you felt, ever felt like you ever prayed and that the word had no word for you? Did you ever feel like the heavens were brass? We know they're not, but there are times that it seems like that Jesus does not hear us. We know that's not the case. She was an irritant to the disciples, but still she followed after him. Even after Jesus more or less ignored her, she still pursued her man. Okay, now that That'll preach. She was in hot pursuit. She said, I'm not going to discourage easily. So many times we get discouraged so easily. If Jesus doesn't answer the first time, we give up or discouraged. We offer a lot of excuses. And as Pastor Wright said this morning, we have a pity party and we get out the binky. We get out the pacifier. Usually when I speak, I don't mention the binky. I just say sometimes I get tired of changing diapers. I'll change your diapers so many times, then it's time to be potty trained and to leave the diapers behind. But we have so many people immature. We have to, as he also said this morning, we have to mature in the Lord Jesus Christ. She kept pursuing him. I know I'm not a Jew. I know I'm bugging your 12 disciples. I know that I'm not Miss Popularity here standing in this dusty road, but I am going to pursue you because you have what I need. If I can get your attention, and get you to respond. And that's what we got to do. We got to be in hot pursuit. We got to get his attention. Sometimes you have to pray. Sometimes you have to fast. Sometimes you have to make things right with one another. You go to the altar and leave your gift and go to your brother. But I'm telling you, we need to be in hot pursuit. And I believe if more of us were in hot pursuit, we would not only see answers to our prayers, but we would see the revival that we've been yearning for and longing for and asking the Holy Ghost to send. We need a Holy Ghost revival in the city of Kinston and Clarksburg, in the state of West Virginia, where people don't care what time they get home from church, where people don't care how long they stay. We just linger in the presence of the Lord. That's what we need. And she saw her answer just ahead of her. He ignored her. He ignored her, and so, but it says after all of that, it said nothing really changed uh, until she began to worship him. Now that'll preach, won't it, Carrie? It will nothing begin to change for this Canaanite woman until she began to worship him. He could see the urgency in her eyes. He could hear the urgency in her voice, and he talked about, I didn't come for the Gentiles. I came to the Jews. Was she discouraged? She was in hot pursuit, Indy. She says, I'm tired of living the way that I'm living. My daughter needs help. I don't want my daughter to be tormented. We need Jesus. And that's what we need to cry as a nation. We need to cry as a church. We need to cry as individuals. We need Jesus. And we will not be discouraged. We will not shut up, let up, or quit. We will not be discouraged. We're going to pursue, pursue our men. And that's what she did. And finally, he looked 
looked at her, and not only had he ignored her, then not only did he said, I've come for the Jews, and you don't fit that description, but then finally he looked at her and he said, I didn't come. I'm, you know, I don't give meat to the, these. But she, he was talking about feeding the dogs, and she looked at him and she said, I know, sir, that you don't give meat to the dogs, but even the dogs get the crumbs from the table. I'll take just a crumb if you'll just change the situation in my house. Throw me a crumb. I'll take it. And finally, she got his full attention. She didn't go home until she got his full attention. She pursued. And finally, he said, your faith has really been and made yourself whole. And he said to her, go home. Your daughter is healed. And you know, she didn't see her daughter. Her daughter was back home. But she left like she knew she had the answer. Sometimes, and I'm not talking about naming it and claiming it. I'm not talking about blab it and grab it. I'm talking about leaving in faith and saying that I know that something is going to happen. I said the other day, I, mean, I was talking, my cat has had an eye infection. And we have fought this infection for a long time. And she goes around like this. She looks like a little pirate. And my heart just goes out to her. And I've done everything. We put drops in at six a day. I've given her pills and everything. And so finally, I walked in the other day to where my vet was. I had a vet appointment. And I remember, you know, I said, the older I get, the bolder I get. I don't care anymore. Nobody else seems to care. So why should I? They're, they want to silence us. Well, I'm telling you, they're not going to silence this woman. I feel bold. I feel energized. I walked into the vets and I was all fired up. I'm so sorry that I missed joy class. I was looking for it. I went into the vets and it was full. And you know, I will have to say that my cats went around like this for a long time, but she saw all those dogs in there and she went, all those dogs in the vet's office opened my cat's eyes, both of them, big and wide. And so I just told her, and I said, you're okay. And I said to the receptionist, I said, honey, I don't know if you are a believer or not. That's what I said to her. I said, I don't know if you know Jesus or not, but I am. I said, this cat is laying on a prayer cloth. I've anointed this cat. I have spoken the name of Jesus over her, and I believe today she's going to be healed. And she looked at me and she said, you can sit over there. <laughs> and she put me in the far corner, thought she was going to silence me. And finally she looked at me and she says, really, I'm not a believer. But she said, our doctor is. The vet is a believer. And I said, well, hot dog. The vet is a believer. And I went in and talked with the vet. I'm telling you, and tonight when I left my little cat, I looked at her and she looked at me with both eyes wide open. We have to pursue. We cannot stop. There's something in not giving up the first time. There's something if you want your miracle. He, she was desperate. And sometimes we have to get desperate. Have you ever been desperate to hear from heaven? Okay, in hot pursuit. I looked up the word pursue and it means to chase down, to follow hard after, to overtake. You got to follow hard after. You got to overtake. And a miracle, if you need a miracle, I looked that up and it says, a work wrought by a divine power by means of a reach beyond the reach of man. 
beyond the reach of man. Let that sink in. Man can only go so far. He can only do so much. And when you need a miracle, you got to pursue your man. You got to be in hot pursuit and you got to follow hard after him, chase him down, run him over and say, I will not be denied. My mother was the song leader at her church years and years ago. I can still see her singing. She really didn't have a real good beat, okay? She, she really didn't have, but she was not a musician, but she was leading the songs. But I can hear her singing, I will not be denied till Jesus comes and makes me whole. I will not be denied. Chase your man. Now, another example that I'm going to give you, I'm going to visit a couple, two or three texts tonight. I'm going to skip around to show you people that did not give up. They went home with their answer, but they didn't get it the first time. They went home with the miracle they sought Jesus for, but I mean they had to follow him. They had to chase him down and pursue him and overtake him, and I think that's what he wants. He wants you to pursue him and overtake him, follow hard after, and we know this, and I'm not going to dwell long here, but the advice is chase your man. Chase your man. Somebody called me the other night. Here's what they said. They said, Reed, I'll tell you what I'm going to do tonight. I said, okay. And this person was not in my contacts, so I didn't know who I was talking to at first. He said, I'm going to go vote. And then I'm coming and picking you up, and we're going out for a nice meal. I said, well, not tonight I speak. And I speak tomorrow night and the next night and the next night and the next night. Five nights in a row. I said, I can't tonight. So let's just see how much he pursues. Let's just see how long it takes. You know, uh, I don't know when leap year is. But when leap year comes, it's legal to chase your man. Well, this Canaanite woman chased her man. She chased him down. Here's another woman that chased her man. I want you to get this found in Luke chapter 8. It's the woman that touched the hem of his garment. Okay? Now, I'm not going to dwell here long because i got a few examples and I don't want to keep you long. All right? She chased her man. I can see her now. All hope was gone. We know that. And I don't want to go over and over this story. But all hope was gone. She was sitting in her house and she heard a crowd coming down the road. Well, what on earth? I've never crowd. There's no parade today. It's not the 4th of July. It's not Thanksgiving or whatever. And she looks out the window and she sees this crowd and they're calling somebody by the name of Jesus. That day Jesus passed by. How many of you would just like to see Jesus pass by tonight? Just come up and down these aisles and reach out and touch you. And she said, Jesus, Jesus, I've heard that name. And oh, she was so weak. And she certainly didn't have any money left. Her bank account was dry. Okay, she had nothing in savings. She had nothing in checkings. The doctors had it all. But she held her back and she said, you know, they act like they're in a hurry. Because, you see, he was on his way to the house of Jairus. Jairus's daughter was in trouble, too. Uh, and sometimes I call him, uh, you know, last chance Jesus. The only time we want Jesus is if he's our last chance. Okay? My uncle said he was in a foxhole in Germany. And they said they had to take his buddy out in a couple pieces before it was his turn to crawl down in the foxhole. And when he got in the foxhole, he said, oh, Lord, he said, I was scared to death. He said, there were bullets all around me. I could hear grenades. I could hear all of these things. 
And I said, Jesus, if you get me out of here and get me back to the States, I'll serve you. He got out. He got back to the States, but he did not serve Jesus. Poor old last chance Jesus. That's what I call him sometimes, the last chance. He's our last resort, our last hope. But this woman said, Jesus. Now, he acts like he's in a hurry. He's going somewhere. He doesn't have to stop the crowd. He doesn't have to do anything. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I can see her now. Can you see her going down the steps? It hurt every step she took. It hurt. She had nothing left. She had no strength. Her blood was gone. Her strength was gone. And she just did not have what it take. But she get out in the road. I can see her elbowing her way through the crowd, can't you? I like to picture this. She elbows her way through the crowd. And she's saying, excuse me. Pardon me. And then she sees the tassels on that white, long, seamless robe. And she just doesn't want to be noticed. She's breaking every Levitical law there is to break. She could be fined or somehow punished in some way. But she was desperate. That's what we got to do tonight. He was talking to this morning about your miracle. And one woman already said to me tonight before service, I feel better after tonight, this morning's message, because I feel like I got a miracle. Well, tonight there's more miracles for the taking. There's more miracles for the seizing. And the best part of it is you don't have to just settle for one miracle. You can have all miracles you want if you got the faith and you pursue. She went out in the road and just as about she was ready to touch the hem of his garment, she reached down and all she got was a handful of dust because he took another step. She took another step too, fighting the crowd and she was hoping no one would notice her and send her home, send her away. And finally she touched the hem of his garment. I can see her now. She stood up straight and Jesus stood still. I like it when Jesus stands still. Good things happen when Jesus stands still. And good things happen when Jesus looks your way. And he's going to look some of your ways tonight. Jesus stood still. And then all of a sudden he said, who touched me? We know this. It was Peter. Peter always opens his mouth. The only time he opens his mouth is to change feet. Okay, so Peter said, what do you mean who touched you? Could have been him, 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 or her. Jesus said, ah. But this person was expecting something. And that's the key right there. You got to wrap your prayers tightly in expectation. You got to wrap them and say, he said, and if Jesus said it, you can believe it because God is not a man, Moses said in the book of Numbers, that he should lie. His promises are yea and amen. People may let you down, but Jesus won't. So I'm going to tell you, I believe when that little woman stood up, I believe she got some glares from the crowd, but she didn't care. You know why? Because I think she did a little foxtrot on the way home. I think she was a little happy. She didn't go home like she came. She went home with the answer. You don't have to go home like you came tonight either. And I mean that. I think Jesus is trying to get something across to us today. After this morning's message and after tonight's message, pursue your miracle. What do you need? What do you want from him? Pursue. Chase him down. Run him over. Run over, okay? No, God also is in the interruption. She was an interruption, okay? Because he was on his way to the house of Jairus. God is in your interruptions. Every time you get interrupted, don't get discouraged. 
<laughs> Say, there's, there's a blessing here somewhere. God's here somewhere. You know, if I can just look hard enough, I can find him. He's in the interruptions. Because in Luke chapter 5, we can read where there was another desperate person. I've just got a couple more desperate people that pursued. There was this leper. He looked down, and all he could see was raw sores. He could see some of them had burst, and there was fluid and blood running down his arms and his legs. He had a wife and children at home. He left the job at the sheep market. He left the job back home. He left these neighbors, and he was now living in a leper colony. And when people got within even feet of him, he had to say, unclean. I'm unclean. Don't come near me. I am unclean. What a terrible thing to have to say, to be cut off from society. But oh, one day, he saw someone coming by. He said, I know that man. I've seen him before. I've seen some of the things he could do. He had a long, white, seamless robe on, and his name was Jesus. His name is still Jesus. The world has changed. The United States of America has changed. Churches have changed. But Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he can be pursued. And he will give you your miracle if you don't give up. Chase your man. And this guy here, he ran. He didn't care about the Levitical law either. All kind of lawbreakers that day. Fit right in today, wouldn't they? Okay, all kind of lawbreakers. He chased Jesus down. And what did he do? He did like the little Canaanite woman. He fell at his feet and he worshiped him. And he said, oh Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And do you know that five words changed his life? Jesus fastened his eyes on that leper and he said, I will be thou clean. He says to you tonight, what do you want? I will reach out and grab it. Reach out and take it. Pursue your man. These two women and this leper pursued their man. He in James 4.10 says, if you humble yourselves in the sight of God, he will lift you up. Okay. Each act of obedience shortens the distance to any miracle you are pursuing. Let me say that again. Each act of obedience will shorten the distance to any miracle you are pursuing. Sometimes there's disobedience in our life and we're pursuing a miracle. Jesus said, get it right. There's a formula. Do it right. Go back. Let's get it together. And when we make things right, okay, you'll never get to the palace. I like that. Talking like a peasant. I like that. If you want to make it to the palace and in the presence of the king, you got to talk like you're royalty. You got to talk like you believe. You got to talk like, and I got another uh, uh, word here. It says struggle is proof that you have not yet been conquered. When the devil's hard on your trail, say, well, hot dog, he hasn't got me yet or he wouldn't be after me. I'm telling you, struggle is proof that you have not yet been conquered. You will never leave where you are until you decide where you'd rather be. Okay? And you will never possess what you are unwilling to pursue. So possess your miracle. Okay? Now, so far, I've just told you, if you want a miracle, number one, you got to chase your man. Whether you're a woman or a man, you got to chase your man. Whether you're a leper or have an issue of blood or have a demon-possessed daughter, chase your man. 
I got another word of advice for you tonight if you need a miracle. And that is found in Luke 18. And it's called not only chase your man, but empty your lungs. Jesus, thou son of David, I need help. I'm over here. I need help. Uh, John Hagee said that a lot of us think we can't pray because there's only one way to pray. And we can't hardly, you know, we, we think, you know, I got to pray this way, pray this pattern. And he said, there is a way that we can be taught to pray. But he said, I'll tell you, some of my greatest prayers start like this. Help! And so some of my greatest prayers uh, have started like that too. I need help. Uh, this blind man was sitting by the way. Aside, and he took advantage of an opportunity one day. Some of us don't take advantage of the opportunities that we have. We have an opportunity to come to the house of God how often? We have an opportunity to come to this altar how often? And some of us don't take advantage. But they took this blind man and they put him by the gates beautiful. He positioned himself for a blessing. How many of you know you have to position yourself for a blessing? You want a blessing? I just think so often, you know, everything on, my sister and I live in a duplex. She lives on the right I live on the left, and I hate that. But I live on the left, okay? Take that any way you want to take it, okay? And I live on the left, okay? Now, everything on my side of the house is a little heftier than on her side of the house. On her side of the house, the owner and the pets and everything is a little thinner, okay? My side's a little more fleshy, okay? So sometimes I will go over to Madra's house and she says, don't you dare give my dog another treat. Don't you dare. She's already had two today. Not the two. Why, it's 10 o'clock. My cat's already had 10. <laughs> you know, what's wrong with you stingy thing? Okay. So if she happens to go, sh no, nobody squeal on me. Okay. If she happens to go outside or to the garage and I really don't intend on giving her another treat, but what it is, is Mydra has taught her, you, you know, a certain beg, she falls down on all fours. And when you say, you want to, you want a treat? She'll fall on all fours. And a lot of times I don't ask her. I really try to be good. I, I really try. But when I go over, she'll look at me. She knows I'm a soft touch. She looks at me and she falls down on all fours. And here's what I think. She is positioning herself for a blessing. How can I disappoint that dog? How can I? And I said, oh, Lord, I hope she don't smell this on Abby's breath. I will really get in trouble, okay? So I just sing big and loud. Amazing grace, how sweet. And I give the dog some treats, okay? But don't tell on me. But what I'm saying is, how can you turn an animal down that's on all fours looking up at you with those great big brown eyes positioning themselves for a blessing? You and I have to position ourselves for a blessing. Okay, Lord, here I am. I'm in the silence of the morning. It's four o'clock in the morning, and I need you. Their TV's off. The radio's off. Everybody's asleep, most everybody, and I'm going to position myself for a blessing this morning. This blind man sat there, and he couldn't see, and he had his tin cup in his pocket. He was sitting in the dust, and he reached way down, and he got his tin cup. Alms, alms, anybody 
anybody got any alms? And every once in a while he'd hear a ping, ping, ping where someone threw in some alms. Remember old Harry Shreves up on Main Street years ago? Do you remember the blind man on Main Street? And he would say, God bless you. Maybe this guy was sitting in the dust and he would hear the coins fall in his cup. But one day, I'm telling you, one day he heard that Jesus passed by. And you know what he did? He said, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, thou son of David, Jesus, help me. And it says, and they turned, and the crowd tried to shut him up and silence him. And by the way, most of them were church people. That'll preach too, but that's for another night. Okay, all right. And it was the church people that tried to quiet him. But it says when they said, be quiet. He doesn't have time for you. He's doing this and that with somebody else. It says, what did he do? It says, he cried all the more. Why? He was desperate. Uh, Okay, he couldn't chase his man like the other three, but he could empty his lungs. I believe he reared back, and I believe he let her fly. Jesus! Thou son of David, I'm over here. Read it again. If it don't bless your socks off, if it don't light your fire, your wood's wet. I'm telling you because it said one more time, and Jesus stood still. He stood still. And you know what he said? Somebody get that blind man and bring him to me. Get him and bring him to me. Oh, that's all Bartimaeus had to hear. He stood up. He wasn't crippled. He was blind. He stood up. And what's the first thing he did? He took off his beggar's coat. See, it was a form of welfare in those days. They had to wear a certain coat. He took it off, threw it in the dust. He heard the coins hit the ground, and his tin cup hit the ground, and he stretched out his hands. I can tell he's over here. And when he stood in front of Jesus, Jesus said, what can I do for you? Well, it was obvious what he needed, but Jesus wants you to ask. He wants you to pursue. He wants you to empty your lungs. He wants you to be real with him. And he said that I might receive my sight. And it said that all All of a sudden, Jesus said he touched him, and he said, your faith has made you whole. You see, sometimes you not only have to chase your man to get your miracle, but you have to empty your lungs. You have to say, I'm tired of living the way that I'm living. Okay, I'm going to go on because I got a roof. I got, I'm reading my notes. I got a lot left here, and I got a very short time. Are you timing me 35 minutes? Okay. Okay. Number three, sometimes you have to chase your man. Sometimes you have to empty your lungs. And sometimes when the devil blocks the door over in Matthew 9, when the devil blocks the door, you just got to raise the roof. Okay? Have you ever had to raise the roof to get your miracle? Here was a paralyzed man. He was a paralytic. He couldn't get to Jesus himself. But he had four friends that put him on a stretcher and said, we're going to get you to Jesus. Okay, I can see him now. Now, I don't know how heavy this man was. I, I, I picture in my mind, if he couldn't walk and couldn't get anywhere, maybe he was a rather, well, let's just say maybe he lived on the left too. <laughs> okay, you know, over where on my side of the house. <laughs> okay, because you see, if you can't exercise and you can't walk, and he was paralyzed, and so they put him and they were carrying him to Jesus, and they said, Phew, boy, 
Boy, it's hot here. How much further do we have to go? I think it's the house right up there on the corner. They finally get to the house. Oh, my. It says that it was noised that Jesus was in the house, and there was not room, the Bible says even, for one more person. That's what the word says. Not room for one more person person okay the it was full the windows there were people in the windows there were people in the doors if satan ever tries to block your door and you can't get in the doorway raise the roof but get into the presence of god somehow so they said well what are we going to do now most friends would say we're going to leave him right here we tried brother we're sorry honey we really tried and maybe you can get four other people to carry you home we're tired okay i don't know what they did but they really really tried but these friends must have been good friends. They must not have been fair weather friends because they said, we're going to, all we have to do is get to Jesus. So in a sense, they were pursuing their man. They were emptying their lungs, uh, but still they had to raise the roof. And I remember one of pastor's favorite messages that I, I, and I, I think I took his notes. Some, one time I remember at the old church, I took his notes out of the trash. They were in the office, and I took his notes out of the trash. I'm sure he had another copy, but I still got them at home. But I like this, what Pastor said. Pastor said in this one message when he preached about the paralytic and his four friends, he said, you know, when they got up on top of the roof, for the life of me, I can't figure out how they got on top of the roof. I can't, because the ladder had to be this way. There's not a ladder straight up and down. There had to be slanted. And how do you carry someone on a litter or a gurney, four men up, up a ladder? I, of course, I'm sure the guys could figure it out. Where's the roof walker? Where are you at, Dave? Dave can do anything. He walks on my roof like it's flat ground. He scares me to death. But I'm sure they could get up that ladder somehow, okay? They got up the ladder and on the roof. Now, this was somebody else's house, okay? How would you like someone to climb on your roof and start tearing your roof up? I wouldn't, okay. They got on this guy's roof, and they had to go through all of the straw. They went through some, some mud, and they went through all of this or that. And the, the morning that pastor preached, and I'll never forget this message, he said how they had to get the clay out of the way in order to see Jesus. They had to get the clay. Now, imagine you're inside listening to Jesus teach. What on earth? Is it an earthquake? What is it? All of this straw and hay and brick and, and mud and mortar and everything comes down on you. And finally someone said, I see him. I see him. They had to raise the roof, but they saw Jesus. And they made that hole bigger and bigger. And you know, we're nothing but clay. That's all we are is clay. And if you want to see Jesus, pastor emphasize that Sunday morning in church, you got to get this clay out of the way. You get the clay out of the way, and then you'll fall into the presence of Jesus Christ. And that's when things begin to happen when you get in the presence of God. So they lowered him down. And the first thing he did, Jesus dealt with his sin, first of all. He dealt with his sin. You know, Jesus can read your mail. Jesus can read your mail. I got scripture to prove it. And I'll preach the sermon one night. He's an eavesdropper. He knows what you say. Jesus listens to your conversations. He's an eavesdropper. He hears every one of your conversations. Count on it. Not only, I'm going to tell on Jesus tonight, not only is he an eavesdropper, but he's a tattletale sometimes. He tells things he knows. Remember when they was going to crown Saul, first king of Israel? And the word says he was, Saul got a little jittery. He was the first king, and he was hiding over there among the stuff. The word says, that's the word the King James uses. He was hiding in the, um, among the stuff. Okay, and a lot of times you and I hide 
among the stuff in our life. That'll preach too, another night. Okay, and so everyone was saying, hey, the music's playing. The crown is here. We're ready for coronation. Where's Saul? And God went, psst, he's over there. He's hiding among the stuff. So you see, God eavesdrops, and God will tell sometimes your secret too. Okay, so here's this man. He knows the sin in this man's life. He addresses his sin, and then he said, hey, the thing that carried you in here, carry it out. The thing that bugs you, we need to stop and start bugging the things that used to bug us. Okay, the things that, that, we, that carry us around all the time, we carry around, we need to start carrying it, okay? So if you want something you've never had, you got to do something you've never done, okay? So there's a lot there I could say, but I'm going to go on. I think this is the last one. One, chase your man, empty your lungs, raise the roof, and this one is sometimes you just got to step out of the boat. Okay, Jesus walking on the water, and you can find this in Matthew chapter 14. Okay, they, Jesus was walking on the water, and when he was walking on the water, we know the story, and I don't want to dwell or be much longer, but they said it's a spirit, it's a ghost. Who is this coming toward it? They didn't even recognize Jesus, and finally someone says, I think it's Jesus. And what did Peter do? He got out of the boat. He did something that, None of the other 11 did. He did something. Um, we sometimes talk about Peter, how he lost faith, took his eyes off Jesus. But Thaddeus and Bartholomew are still in the boat. Okay? They're, they're John, all of them still in the boat, but Peter. And he started walking towards Jesus. And he had his eyes fastened on him. And, and we know the story. I won't dwell here. But when he took his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink. And Jesus reached down by the hand and pulled him up. Aren't you glad one day he reached down and pulled you up? I got here. You will never change your, what you believe until your belief system that you believe now is, not, is produce, not producing something you want it to produce. Okay? So I just want to say this in conclusion. I want to say, uh, when I was, I, I marked all this out and got a new conclusion. In Genesis 32, 26, when Jacob wrestled with the angel, he said to the angel, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. He wrestled all night. He said, I won't let you go. And he, he got a hold of that angel and he said, when you, let, when you bless me, I'll let you go. And what did the angel do? First of all, they changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And then he touched him in the hollow of his thigh. And from that day on, he walked with a limp. And every time he stepped down, he would say, that was the night that I wrestled with the angel. And he blessed me. I remember you got to be desperate. you got to hang in there. Okay? One nod from the king can change your entire destiny. you got to stay in hot pursuit. Okay? Name your miracle. Declare it. Chase it down. Chase your man. Empty your lungs. Raise your roof. Get out of the boat. The interruptions made the difference. Put yourself on his agenda. And the last thing I want to say is that your miracle will involve your active engagement on your part. It requires something on your part. So tonight, I want you once again, as the musicians come or whoever's coming to the piano, I want you to look at somebody and say, tonight's my night. Well, I'll tell you one thing. 
You don't sound like tonight's your night. I got one lady back here, tonight's her night. Okay, tonight's your night. And so we're, we're going to, I'm going to ask right now, you know, we're going to give an invitation and make sure that there's nobody here that needs Jesus. And then we're going to open the altars. And what I want you to do tonight is, it's still early, 7.02. So I want you to come to the altar tonight. And just like Pastor Wright said this morning, if you need a miracle Stay up here a few minutes longer. Pursue. When you go home, pursue. Raise the roof. Empty your lungs until your neighbors come out and think you're crazy. Maybe call the cops. We got to do something. We got to do something to get the attention of the Lord because he's still in the miracle work and business, and he's got a miracle for you. Would you bow your heads with me, please? I don't know if this was a salvation message or not but there is a Jesus and we're coming awful close to the end and everybody in this room will have an end one way or another we're going by way of rapture or by way of the grave are you ready for your end if you're here tonight and you just came because somebody invited you Lord, because you heard what a good speaker we were going to have tonight. If you want to give your heart to Jesus, not sure that you're ready to face death, but you just raise your hand and say, Rita, don't bring me up front. Don't embarrass me. But I want to give my life to Christ tonight. Is there anybody anywhere that say, I want to find Jesus? I'm going to take that as that all of us know Jesus tonight. I want us to stand. And once again, let me see a show of hands. Pastor Wright asked you this morning, but this was just a follow-up. How many of you could use another miracle? How many of you need something in your family, in your life, in your home? I see those hands all over. I'm asking you tonight to pursue your miracle. Chase him down. Overtake him. Get his attention because he's got a miracle for you. Carrie, lead us in a song. Please, the altar is open. Pursue your miracle tonight in hot pursuit. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. 